The Fan. When I started out playing football a long time ago, I never thought I would be here. And uh, I'm truly, truly blessed. To my former teammates in San Francisco and Atlanta, I would like to say thank you for welcoming to your, your city and then to your family. And to all the Viking fans around the country that supported the Minnesota Vikings and Chris Goldman through good weather, bad weather, snow, sleet, rain, showed up every Sunday. I want to say thank you, and you're the greatest fans in the country, in the National Football League. The voice of the late Chris Dolman, who died last evening at the age of 58 due to uh, brain cancer, and joining us now is a um, not only a, a long-standing member of the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network, a former Vikings punter, and a three-year teammate with Chris Dolman uh, back in the 80s. Greg Coleman joins us now. Greg, Paul Allen, good morning. How are you? Good morning, my friend. How are you? Pretty well. Cher, um, I know you and Chris were close. And uh, before I ask you to share some memories, you know, the, the from January of 2018, when, uh, when, when Chris was doing what you are doing now, assumedly in Florida, I'm assuming that's where you are, um, he, he, he was golfing. And outside of his um, outside of his Atlanta home, with at, at a course near to his home, he started to have nose drippage, then um, some conspicuous drippage from the left side of his mouth. Went to the doctor. Doctor said you have brain cancer. So quickly after that, brain tumor removed, radiation on a couple of smaller tumors, and and over the next two years, up to what ended up being sadly the end last night. I know you and Chris were very close on many levels. What what was Chris like the the two years from Jan twenty eighteen to to now? His his spirit, Paul, was the same. I mean, he was the same Chris, still trying to crack jokes on everybody, uh, still wanting to be, you know, he was a bigger than life figure from a physical standpoint. But he didn't want anybody feeling sorry for him. Uh, he felt that he could continue to do the things uh, that he normally do. I mean, this game of golf he loved, and he he just he just fought a great fight. I mean, his 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 mindset was, "Hey, man, I'm coming up for the Super Bowl." I said, "Chris, you got to take care of yourself. You know, focus on getting well. Focus on doing the things that you that you're supposed to do. I'm going to do that, Touch. I'm going to do that, but I'm still going. I'm still going to be me." And that was Chris to the very end. I mean, if if you talk to, to, to guys that know him, guys that were close to him, guys, guys that were in that inner circle, you know, sometimes you wondered, Chris, what are you doing? Man, I'm doing life. And, and you have to respect and, and, and love that kind of spirit. Now, Greg, Chris, as the player, you, Greg was, um, was a punter for the Vikings 1978 to 1987. So Scott Studwell joins the show in a couple of hours. Scott, Chris, Greg Coleman, they were all on that 87 team with that magical run, uh, with victories at New Orleans, at Candlestick Park, and then, then just a very, very difficult loss at RFK Stadium to the Washington Redskins, a game in front of the Super Bowl. So, like, you're on the team, Greg, in 1985. The Vikings take Dolman as an outside linebacker 
as the fourth overall pick in 1985. What do you what do you remember about Chris right when he joined the team? Well, he he thought he was bigger than life. He thought he was already all pro, and we had to remind him, hey, you just a rookie, okay? You, you know, you still wet behind the ears. You still you still playing in diapers, and so we had to bring him back to earth because we knew we didn't know the magnitude of his ability. We knew he had ability, but we just had to teach and train and nurture him just like the Jim Marshalls and Carl Ellers and, 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 and those veteran players did for all of us. So it was, it was passing the torch because we knew that he once he put his hand in the dirt to shift from linebacker to defensive end, we knew that there was no stopping him. And then you put Henry Thomas in there and, 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 and Keith Millard. Mm. I mean, that was, that was a dominant force on that defensive line that was uncanny. I, I was talking with, with, with Lawrence Taylor this morning here uh, at this tournament. And he said, man, it's a damn shame about Chris. But Chris Dolman, in his prime, was, was just as a disruptive force as Lawrence Taylor was from linebacker. In every game, you know, offensive coordinators and coaches say, you got to know where LT is. When they played the Minnesota Vikings in Chris Dolman's heyday, you got to know where number 56 is, Chris Dolman. That was the kind of dominant player that Chris Dolman was. You know, Greg, and and after nine years with the Vikings, clearly Chris is in the second part of his career. So when he when he goes to Atlanta, then subsequently to San Francisco, comes back here in '99, finishes here. It's it's when you when somebody trades for you at that stage of your career, it's just it's it's symbolic of Hall of Fame greatness when a decade into your career. Two teams identify you as somebody who can disrupt things and get to the quarterback, and you lead them in sacks, talking about Atlanta and San Francisco. So, I mean, from 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 87, when he started full-time defensive end for your guys' team, through the end of his career, he was unbelievable. The other thing about that, Paul, you talked about his greatness on the field, but Chris was great in the locker room. He was a great teammate. And, and that's why those teams, they looked at his physical ability as well, but he bought so much consistency to those teams that he joined. And, and, and that's why he had so much success because guys, you know, you hear guys talk about, now, man, <clears throat> I learned this from Chris. I watched how he handled his business. And, and, that, and that has to make you feel good as a veteran player going from one team to the next. Man, I remember watching you. I remember this and I remember that. I mean, that's what they, that's what builds legacies, man. And, 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 and Chris Dolman was just, you know, with, without question, Paul, uh, Vikings Ring of Honor, NFL Hall of Fame, mm. you know, those are the highest accolades that can be bestowed upon a football player. But one of the better things that, that can be mentioned about a player is that he was a hell of a teammate. Right. Yeah, he wanted those sacks. He and Millard and, 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 and Henry Thomas, they battled over those sacks. But every Sunday, Chris Dolman strapped it up, and he was a hell of a teammate because he was going to give you his best. Greg Coleman, 9 to noon, uh, played with the Vikings, 78 to 80, uh, 87, uh, part of the Vikings radio network, has been for two decades. And um, and and a couple of quickies to close here, Greg. Uh, Greg played three years with uh, with with Chris Dolman. He was on Vikings teams with Chris Dolman, and you know from the the January 2018 when he learned he had brain cancer to his death last night at age 58. How prominent was faith for Chris 
to help him get through every single day? Uh, it was the catalyst, Paul. Um, that's what he stood on. That's how he made it through those two years, because a lot of times people will succumb very quickly once they've been diagnosed. Uh, but Chris Dolman uh, was the ultimate fighter. Uh, he was the ultimate teammate. And he would tell you that God kept him here for a particular reason. And those, we don't know what it is. But in his passing, it, it is a stark reminder. Uh, I think it's James 4.14. You know, life is but a vapor. I mean, we've all been been uh, caught off guard by the tragedy with Kobe. But now with Chris, man, if there's somebody that's in your life that you love, that you have feelings for, man, give them a call, give them a hug, just let them know that you love them because tomorrow's not promised. Hey, Greg, last one. So uh, uh, Chris, fourth overall pick in the 85 draft, comes into the NFL. The way you framed it up, I'm going to amplify it. He's like rolls into the locker room. All right, you, you may have heard of Lawrence Taylor, Rosie Greer, Mean Joe Green, Merlin Olson, and all those old school names, but I got this. I'm going to be as good or better uh, than them. And then he was humbled but you being as close to the team as you have been for so long, even when you were out of the league, when 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 Chris Dolman eventually became that great locker room guy, what what tra- what transformed as a person? Man, Paul, you said a lot. I mean, the the the, the body of work on and off the field, uh, the big man that Chris Dolman was from a physical perspective. Uh, that voice, that laughter, uh, more than anything else, he was compassionate. That's 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 the best word that I can leave you with. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll catch up soon, okay? All right, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you. you. Greg Coleman, bless you, too. Uh, member of the Vikings, 78 to 87, played three years with Chris Dolman. Uh, very much hoping to um, have Scott Studwell uh, join the radio show in the neighborhood of 1120. Uh, Scott Studwell, one of the great defensive players in the history of Minnesota Vikings football. Uh, he was with the Vikings 77 to 90, including six years with Chris Dolman. And, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the common threads here involving these players and Dolman, uh, they, they, they come to a head and, and, and really, uh, personify that 1987 season where when the Vikings were, were beating New Orleans this year and then playing San Francisco, eventually losing 23-10, and the Niners playing the Super Bowl this weekend on the fam. Dolman, Studwell, Coleman, and, and, and so many other prominent names were on that team. And and when we were chatting with those who, who were on that team, and that would include Scott Studwell, up to this year's Vikings-Niners game, that would include Studwell, and even for the New Orleans Saints, the quarterback who was battered that day, Bobby Hebert, and and Keith Millard, they... A common thread here is during all of the chats, even unprompted, you they all would reference Chris Dolman and his dominance during that time. Subsequently, with the 150 and one-half sacks, leading him to the 2012 Pro Football Hall of Fame. The memory and life of Chris Dolman will be celebrated on and off during the 9 to Noon radio show today. Uh, around the corner, uh, we begin a Golden Gophers-related common thread. We have 9 to Noon today with um, college basketball Vox Mike Grimm joining us to talk about Mr. Patino's team. Good morning. It's 9 to Noon. It's PA. Faith is uh, belief without proof. Weekdays 9 to Noon on The Fan. The Fan.
Five to ninety on the field with Chris Scott played for the Vikings seventy-seven to ninety, and and Dolman was with the team eighty-five to ninety-three. Then back in ninety-nine, Scott was with the organization in the front office in ninety-nine. So I mean, you 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 just you you knew Chris on so many so many levels. Um, from a personal standpoint, from like when he was the fourth overall pick in eighty-five to through the six years with him. How did Chris change personally during that time? Well, you know, you know I mean, uh, personally, uh, he, he probably didn't change as much as he did professionally. You know, he, he came in as a as a linebacker um, and and was the biggest linebacker that we'd ever had around around there. When maybe with the exception of Matt Blair, but he Chris was was heavier than that and faster than that. And thank God they moved him to defensive end because he was he was a beast in the linebacker drills. Nobody wanted to line up against him and, and tackle him, and uh, you know. So I mean, he he was a little hesitant, I think, to to make that move to defensive end. Um, but at the time, you know, Floyd Peters had a vision for him, and you know, really the rest is history. He, he became one of the best all-time defensive ends in the history of the league. He, I think he had over 150 or close to 150 sacks. I mean, he's a guy that was that big, 270 pounds, that could run in the four fours and, and do some of the things that he could do athletically and physically. It was just remarkable. And, you know, and he grew as a, as a player and a person, too. Um, you know, Chris was, was – uh, a family guy and he was he was he was good off the field he was good in the locker room he was a good friend he was a good teammate and um yeah we're gonna miss him now in uh when the when he was drafted fourth overall in 85 from Pitt, yeah you're, you're right stud obviously he was drafted as an outside linebacker didn't become full-time defensive end until that magical 1987 season now you know the the defense had you and some other really, really good players. 
But that was an era of Lawrence Taylor rushing from the edge. The 85 Bears defense was doing what Buddy Ryan wanted and so on. So was Chris drafted that high because he was that good? Or in a kind of a copycat league, were the Vikings looking for what like Lawrence Taylor gave the Giants? Well, you know, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask about that because I'm not the one that drafted him. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just sure that, that Frank and Jerry had that kind of vision for Chris. Um, you know, here's a guy that with that kind of size and, and natural functional strength and, and could run like a deer and just, you know, had all the tools and traits that you wanted in a defensive player, you know, regardless of, of where you line him up. So, I mean, he could have been an ideal fit in the 34 front. He he was uh, he was basically stamped as a Sam backer in our scheme at the time. Um, but you know, I I think they realized early on that he was a much better player going forward than he was going backwards. And you know, so take advantage of those traits and those skills, and 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 put him as a defensive end, whether he's standing up or whether he's got his hand in the dirt. And uh, you know, it was obviously the best thing for him, and it was a great thing for us. Uh, Scott Studwell uh, played with the Vikings from '77 to '90. Uh, he's Vikings defensive immortality. Led the team in tackles six times, tied with Chad Greenway, Eric Kendricks right behind them at five. Talking about the late Chris Dolman, who died last night at the age of. I lost you there, PA. Um, uh, Chris Dolman died last night at the age of 58. You still with me, Stud? Hey, Scott. Hello. You still with me, bud? All right, we got a um, some some type of phone disconnect there uh, where we can hear Scott, but he can't hear me. So we um, uh, we'll try to uh, <clears throat> we'll try to let me, let me see if I can get him. Hey, Scott, Paul Allen, you still there? Yeah. My man. Yeah, I, I good. lost you for a minute there. It's all good, it's all good bud. The, um, that 87 season when, you know, we, we talked about it up to the Niners game. You know, you beat Bobby Hebert, uh, you, you, you knocked Joe Montana out as, as a touchdown and a half underdog. Then you lose a toughie at RFK Stadium. That defensive line, man, Doug Martin, Henry Thomas, Keith Millard, Chris Dolman. Are you kidding me with that? How good was that, Stud? <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Now you got three number one picks, and, and and Henry was probably as steady as any of them. He wasn't a number one pick, but uh, you, you know those guys. I, I think that's the season they had maybe seven or it meant, no, that was a strike season. But we had seventy one sacks with that group in, in one year, and I mean. They, they sure as hell made my job a lot easier, that's for sure. Any, um, Scott, any particular unbelievably big games Chris Dolman had that just jump out at you right now? You know, not really. Uh, you know, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and, and really mold this over like like maybe I should or, or, or whether or when I can. But it's, you know, he was just... He was so explosive, and he had such great acceleration off the edge. And, and you know, I mean, he was so good at, at stripping uh, people because he had so, such great acceleration into contact. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just the guy had – he was a freak athlete. He was one of those guys, you know, he's like – I guess I would compare him to a – a Randy Moss on 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 the other side of the ball, guy that that could transcend any generation. He could be playing today, 
Uh, you know, so it's just he's one of those unique guys that, that don't come along very often, and, and he's going to be sorely missed. Scott, a couple of quickies to close here. So if, if Chris was drafted as an outstanding stand-up outside linebacker in a 3-4, why did things click so well for him as a defensive end in a 4-3? Well, you, you know, I I think it's there's maybe there's a little more of a learning curve as as a playing off the ball. Um, you know, the defensive end position is is uh, I don't want to make all these guys angry or mad at me, but you, you know, I mean, there's basically a couple different keys that you have to rely on, and, and uh, you know, there's you can you can take some of the the thought process out of the game from a standpoint of transitioning from from front to back and 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 you know just being able to come off the edge and 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 break glass and and chase foot and chase the football and do the things that that he could do physically i mean he could stand up offensive linemen he could he could hold the point he could do everything that you're looking for uh as well as being able to run things down from the backside so yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was it was it was a natural progression for him, and and um, you know, I think some of his his talent and some of his ability would have been wasted as an off the ball backer. Scott, last one. How about this man? I mean, a lot of amazing things with Dolman, including eighty nine that twenty one sack season, switching positions, the whole thing. Two hundred thirty two games, Scott. He only missed two games during his career. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. You know, I mean, that's just, it shows you how, you know, how much of a genetic freak he was. Um, you know, he just, I mean, he, he had everything going for him from a speed, strength, size, intelligence. Uh, you know, he checked all the boxes, uh, coming into the league and obviously was, uh, you know, whoever picked him at four, obviously we did, but we, we got lucky there. Um, you know, and he was a great player for us. Uh, he played, you know, I think three or four more years after us. And, and, you know, just he's one of those, one of those guys that's he, obviously he's made his mark as, as a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he's going to be missed here. Hey, man, thanks a lot for the time. Really appreciate you. I know you're very busy this morning. Love on those grandkids, and undoubtedly I'll see you at our Starbucks in the near future, okay? <laughs> All right, PA, I'll buy you one next time. Thank you, bud. Scott Studwell, Vikings Immortality, celebrating the life of the great Chris Dahlman. Uh, we have hockey twofold to finish the Wednesday 9 to noon. Golden Gophers hockey coach Bob Motzko around the corner. We also have a Ballyhooed Wild Ticket Giveaway, which um, takes place now, also during the program, and with Dan Barrero and Bumper to Bumper. So let's uh, let's go over to Gleeful Producer for the information. Absolutely. I got a pair of tickets for you and a friend to see the Minnesota Wild, and they are hosting the Vancouver Canucks on February 6th. It is the last of a three-game road trip following this little mini-bye that ends finally, thankfully, on Saturday. So Thursday, February 6th, Wild in Vancouver. Who wants to be number 9? Caller number 9, 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. I got a pair of tickets, Wild in Vancouver. Give me a call, and I'll get you hooked up. Final segment, 9 to noon, with Bob Motzko, next. 
It's PA. Football feast. Football feast. Football feast. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan.